everyone, this is Izzy, the founder of the blog and YouTube channel, A Girl's Two Sound Sense. You are currently listening to Sounding Out, the podcast where I speak to friends, from musicians to producers to zine makers and promoters, about their experiences as women and queer femme people in the music industry. As always, please don't forget to give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It would be super helpful to help more people hear the podcast, and it will also get me recommended on streaming platforms. Today, I chat with garage pop duo Filthy Burger Girl from Norway. I sat down with lead singer Beatrix and Sarah, the guitarist, to talk about the band's debut album, Love You Forever, which is full of catchy earworms about developing a crush on somebody. We also discuss why they feel it was so important for them to play in a group with other women, and the joy they felt in seeing their experiences reflected in the popular Peacock series We Are Lady Parts. But before we get into this episode, I would like to remind my listeners that I am paying for the podcast out of pocket, so if you would like to help me make more episodes and maybe help buy me a coffee, then head on over to my Patreon for unedited episodes of the podcast and more chill conversations with guests outside of the interview process. Those who join my Patreon will get access to patron-only video essays and exclusive voting power for future artists that I cover on my YouTube channel as well. So head on over to patreon.com slash girls2soundsense, that's girl with three R's, to subscribe, and without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Do you want to introduce yourselves and what you do in the band? Yeah, uh, I'm Beatrix, and I sing and uh, play the bass. I'm Sarah, and I do backup singing, and I play the guitar. Amazing. And so... As you were just saying, you're renting a place in Berlin. Is this and this is to record your next album? Um, we're we're there to write songs for our next album. So we're not gonna like, record, but uh, it's an uh, inspirational trip yeah. <laughs> to, <laughs> to write songs for our next album. Yeah, so we're going to, and we also made some uh, sketches uh, from before. So we're just going to develop them more as well, and we're doing. A concert there, so it's uh, yeah. interviews. Or- We're doing an interview, or someone's interviewing us. <laughs> <laughs> There's this magazine we've been uh, crushing on. <laughs> it's, um, it's called Cult Blut. It's really really cool. Yeah, so it's going to be an uh, awesome trip if everything goes as it should, and we actually get to go. <laughs> yeah, we just bought the tickets, so we're really excited. And also, I'm looking forward to eat, going out eating. Yes. I was like, we need to find uh, the best restaurants. <laughs> Have you been before? Yeah, be I, first? I've been, I played in Berlin uh, before a few times. Uh, and I think I've been there like when I was young, but yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever played in Berlin before, but I have vacation there. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cool city. Once upon a time, I charmed a really old man by saying, Ich bin eine Berliner. <laughs> Which was, uh, according to him, wrong because it should have been Berlinerin. Yeah. But he didn't know my pronouns, but he was actually right. It should have been a Berlinerin. <laughs> Very geeky. <laughs> Fact. All right. That, um, 
is very exciting. I've actually never been to um to Germany. The only places in Europe I've been are have been Spain and France. Um but yeah, I would definitely love to go someday. It sounds amazing. It is a really cool city. Yeah. But do you feel that when you're traveling that because uh, when I'm traveling I feel like I change uh, my style. So when I, <laughs> I'm in Paris, suddenly I really get this like French style. Yes. The berets. <laughs> Wearing berets. <laughs> baguette under my arm. Do, do you experience that as well? That's a good question. That, um, you know what? The past four years of my life, I've been so focused on getting my degree and everything that I haven't traveled even a hair. So, But as soon as I begin regularly traveling again, I'll definitely keep in mind what you said and see if I notice any of that, if I have yeah. any of that ten those tendencies. <laughs> That's interesting. Because when, last time when I was in Berlin, I dressed like someone from Berlin in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen pictures of friends like going to Munich and then they always get those little like those uh, Oktoberfest. October uh, yeah, Oktoberfest, yeah. I have a Oktoberfest here as well. Yeah, but I But think it's, it's, it's still... <laughs> I think there's a difference between the traditional suit and the uh, Oktoberfest version in Oslo. <laughs> in Oslo because <laughs> that is horrible. <laughs> yes. I don't I'm not sure that the <laughs> people would be happy you know, <laughs> to, to be compared. Yeah. So yeah, now that, now that you mentioned it, that's a good segue into a question I had, which is like, you, so you guys are based in Oslo, Norway, and uh, what's it like there um, in music communities? Um, <clears throat> I would say that there is um, a huge uh, uh, Oslo scene when it comes to music. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, new uh, interesting bands coming up. coming up as well um but i do miss i do believe that like in the genre uh, the genre of music we're making that it it could be more diverse yeah i guess but other than that i think it's pretty amazing when i grew up in uh, uh, i grew up in a town called stavanger and i always missed like this music community And then I uh, moved to another city called Bergen, and that's the first time I felt that I met like a huge music um, community, and that's when I got more and more interested in it as well. Mm. And Oslo is great, obviously. Yeah, I think like Bergen and Oslo are like the the cities that has like the biggest music scenes. Yeah, and they also have like these interesting underground uh, bands, like punk bands, and. Mm. A little bit of, I guess, queer core as well, but like not a lot. But yeah, yeah. Um, and how did you guys come to formulate the sound that you embrace on your records, which is very like garage kind of '60s chamber pop almost? I think I've always been in love with the '60s, uh, <laughs> and uh, the sound is. Actually, really inspired also by a trip I had to LA, which it was, um, yeah, I traveled there because of a, you know, existential crisis and uh, a broken heart, <laughs> very cliche. <laughs> uh, and I, that, that was the first time I traveled alone somewhere. And that's where I got the idea of like wanting to start a band as well. And 
so I kind of already knew that I wanted the sound to be at least like beachy and like capture that feeling that I had. Mm, and also, I think we like the playfulness. I think like music should be playful. And and that's like yeah, one of the things that I, I like about the sound. But it's like we have a lot of fun when we play as well. So then like cute and playful, but also a bit creepy, like try to put everything in the sound. Yeah. And quirky yeah, <laughs> as well. And also I, uh, um, one of the instruments or the instrument that I love the most is uh, the bass guitar. And I always feel like it never gets the part that it deserves in a way. So I also want, wanted to have like an important <laughs> role. <laughs> so we always start with the bass guitar when we're making the songs. And I guess that kind of, I don't know, emphasizes the. Yeah sound somehow cool and i think a um people grow up um with uh all sorts of different relationships to music like for instance i um a lot of my friends um who i've spoken to my, a lot of other music fans or music nerds they've been like um they've grown up in households where music was played, but they had to search for music that they really liked. And, um, sometimes, and sometimes you're lucky to inherit, um, really cool stuff from your parents' record collections. Um, but how have your, the two of your relationships to music growing up, um, uh, sort of, let me rephrase that. What was the arc of music, of your relationships to music throughout your life? I, I feel like for me, like we have a bit different backgrounds when it comes to like music, because I, I always like went to music school and stuff like that when I was a kid. Um, but I think like listening to music, uh, we always like listen a lot to music at home. But I think like my brother, my older brother, he did a lot of like the music education for me. Like he he always bought me records and um, well, I used to buy records of him <laughs> from him when I was a kid. Um, so I think like that was a big part of it. Like I listened to what he listened to, and then I found my way from from there. And I didn't have a musical education and didn't think that I would play in a band or make music uh, until much later. Um, growing up, I feel like my, we didn't listen that much to, or my parents didn't listen that much to radio. They had a few like, um, records with, um, some Pakistani and Indian music, uh, like old school stuff, always about love. That that is probably yeah. why all the lyrics are like love lyrics. <laughs> uh, and uh, but I listen, I listen to radio in my room. Um, and I guess like, but I didn't. I remember that I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have money to buy uh, CDs. So the first CD I got was. This is almost embarrassing, but <laughs> I got a CD as a gift, and it was like. The soundtrack track from the movie Coyote Ugly. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, so it was, it was not until, because when I, I was like constantly looking for what is my kind of music and I was struggling to find it because I, I knew that I was interested in it and I always had like rhythm. <laughs> so when I moved to Bergen, that is when, when I uh, started working with music and uh, 
started listening to a lot of indie music. And then when I moved to Oslo, I discovered, uh, I discovered punk music and the right girl movement. And it felt like so right. <laughs> and then uh, I really liked how they take the power over like defining themselves. And for me, it was important as well. And I also have like a Muslim background. So it, like the whole punk Islam thing was super interesting as well. Uh, and I was like, oh, I can be whatever I want to be. Ah, Adobe Flash. Can you still hear us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, I, I can be whatever I want to be or whoever I want to be. And nobody can say anything else. And I can just define myself. Um. And that's about the time I also started to think that I can actually play in a band if I want as well. So that's, I guess, around that time I started in my first band. <laughs> I had already started playing a little bit of guitar and bass for myself. But yeah. I also used to, I, I used to this festival in Oslo uh, called... Um uh yeah festival um and um they have a lot of like small uh, small bands um like that some like back at the time it was also like a lot of bands no one had ever heard about and i um one year i bought tickets and i was supposed to go with my brother but he was scammed so he didn't have tickets after all and i was like only 13 um so I went alone and I went to all the concerts at the festival. And after that, I went um, to the festival every year. And I used to, like, that was my reference of what I listened to. So I was listening to everything that I, like, all the concerts that I saw. So it was a lot of, like, bands that no one, <laughs> no one had ever heard about that I, like, used to love. And it was a lot of Norwegian, Norwegian bands as well. Rock was a big thing in the early 2000s in Norway. Yeah, like Hans, Hans Paldinand and stuff like that. No, like um, Bunk, if you remember them. I don't <laughs> like, remember Bunk. What was that? <laughs> They're really, it's really obscure. Uh, it's called Bunk. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and I really like like the noise sound, like it refused and silenced the fall and uh, mm. yeah. A lot of that. It was like a German noise band called Jumboyet that that I was like really into as well. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, like, I just read the um, uh, Patti Smith book. Oh, just kids. That yeah. one. Yeah, just. Yeah, that was also really interesting to get like the. But I'm such a. I'm really a big fan of hers, so it was like really interesting to read about the scene that she was like growing up in and, and playing in. Definitely. Yeah. I've, I, I remember I, I read it like maybe three, three years ago, but yeah, after that, I did a lot of deep dives. Like I watched um the documentary about um the indecency trial that Robert Maplethorpe's um, archive was subjected to and mm. sort of, a whole oral history of his life but yeah she she's incredible like she transcends space and time I love Patty Smith as well but I also wanted to ask you guys about um because Beatrix you mentioned that you 
came up with the idea to start a band and when you went to LA and um and it was a trip to like in and out burger or something like that right that sort of was the catalyst it was on my last day there i went to an in and out burger shop because of course i have to try that <laughs> everyone says go to an in and out burger shop so i went and i ordered a really like big fat juicy burger and like grease was all over my face um and that's what when i thought um i just thought that i, I or i felt like a filthy burger girl and when i like had that thought i was like damn filthy burger girl that's a name for a band and i have to start it so it was actually inspired by in a way the name first because i wasn't actually planning on i did play in a band before this one and i was i just had quit it i think and i also had quit my job so i was like ending a lot of things and i didn't have any plans to like start something new but um i'm sometimes i'm a bit superstitious like i feel like things happen for a reason and that it's a sign <laughs> so i felt like it was a sign <laughs> so um i think i started the instagram account immediately just to like make sure no one steals the <laughs> name <laughs> the complex name <laughs> and then i just uh, yeah went back and i guess i started working like on the first uh, sketch a little bit but i was looking for a guitarist and like uh, someone who could be uh like uh, my the second part of this project uh and it took me a little bit of a while before i thought like ah sarah maybe i should ask her and because we had almost just starting to it's become good. friends <laughs> um yeah how was it we met at a summer camp yeah and became fell in love, <laughs> like friendship love, <laughs> bonded over stories about unrequited love. So I was a bit slow. <laughs> I should have thought of you right away, but it took me a little bit of time. Anyway, I asked Sarah and we tried it and it was like amazing. Everything just, uh, like it was just perfect. And you had like all dreamy guitars, which made the song complete in a way. Mm the first single be my boy yeah <laughs> and released be my boy like that year that say, same uh, same i guess yeah, we released it quite quickly yeah because we didn't have all the other songs finished when we released it yeah we have been a bit like untypical in our way i guess because i feel like usually when you're a band you you start doing concerts first in a way and you make like more songs uh, before you release. And then maybe you like make a plan like, okay, we're going to release this single. We have 15 songs. We're going to release three singles and then the album is coming and we didn't have a plan like that. We just like made the first single and then we just like released it. And, but yeah, everything just happened uh, organically in a way, which is, weird but maybe it is because it was meant to be <laughs> that's amazing that sort of synchronistic timing of um sort of uh because you said i read somewhere that you said that nobody felt had felt right for the band until you met sarah so i was wondering um in addition to the unrequited love theme what made you to click mu musically would you say 
<clears throat> I guess it was, uh, I guess it was because Sarah, uh, because when you come with an idea, the idea was basically just, you know, I have the vo uh, vocals and the bass and just some random drums in a way. So, <laughs> but I felt like, Sarah understood the the idea and that she didn't try to because I did try it with some dudes and they just like uh would overpower it and take the song in a completely different uh, direction. direction and make it I don't know too indie or something. Mm. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Sarah I felt like she like I felt like you respected me as well and that you could See, uh, that you understood the vision but also that you kind of wanted the same yeah because this is my dream <laughs> this is my dream this is the band I always wanted to play in <laughs> so I feel like I'm, I'm really happy that finally I can like <laughs> do the stuff that I'm like I always wanted to do mm. yeah so I guess it, it, it really did click because I, I was just like hey you want to try and then I just like basically just gave gave you the song and you put on your guitars <laughs> and it was just amazing it was like yes this is what i had envisioned in a way or more than i had envisioned because i'm yeah yeah that's so funny that you say that about trying to play music with dudes and then they just try to like i feel like when dudes play music together it's almost like a pissing contest like everyone's just trying to one-up each other and and I feel like when women play with other women or femme people play with other femme people, they have a, there's always an instinct to give each other space often, which is really nice. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I, I always like, I played in a few bands, uh, and always, but also when I studied as well, um, I studied music and I felt like it was, I didn't feel like I got the space that I needed. Um, so I almost like quit playing guitar because, um, I felt that I wasn't good enough or like I couldn't, I felt like if you were supposed to play guitar, you had to be like, play like crazy, like licks and then like you yeah. have to be a certain way, but you have to shred. <laughs> 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 I do love to make noise. <laughs> That's my like favorite thing to do. But, um, but I felt like doing uh, the project uh, with Namra. It's it would be a trick. But, uh, it's a it's like playful, and I feel like I get the space that I needed to like involve. And I felt like I always felt like this project has been like for me as well to feel comfortable to play as well. Yeah, and we listen to each other, and we're like super open. And with the ideas, so it's like, yeah, it's really, really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Um, and w I really love the album too. I love the, um, I love the hot pink um, color palette, and I love the um, really lovey-dovey sort of um, feelings that come with it. But I feel like they're not like they're not. They're very accessible and relatable too. Like it's like the, the like you guys sort of capture I don't know the feels or like um the, how it or what it's like to um be crushing on somebody and um how that sort of um fucks with your head in a way. Um, but 
What's it um, like to, um, okay, I wrote down a really great question and it's escaping me right now. So let me look for that. Um, <laughs> how does writing and singing about these feelings sort of affect um, your view of them? Like, do you feel like there's a bit of a catharsis in writing and singing about it after the fact as opposed to before? Death, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I do find it um, like therapeutic in a way. Uh, and also sometimes, uh, sometimes I also surprise myself with like what I have written, like, oh, I didn't know I felt this way. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting in that way. But I, yeah, I, I do have, I do crush uh, all the time and I guess it's relatable because everyone, everyone, when we fall in love, we all turn into like 14, 14 year olds <laughs> in a way. Uh, like, uh, or I don't know if everyone turns awkward, but we yeah. <laughs> turn quite awkward. Um, so we do try to capture that, but yeah, I definitely feel that it, um, is a catharsis because, um, there's like one person I, uh, I've thought of a lot that, um, in some of the songs. And I feel like I'm now I don't, I, uh, I don't feel the need to make more songs about that person because I'm like done. No. What to the next? <laughs> what to the next? Yeah, because I, I do have a lot of crushes, but this was one of the more serious, serious um, heartbreak uh, scenarios. So, in a way, I'm all, almost afraid to uh, like fall in love with someone who will fall in love with me back. And like, if we actually end up being together forever, I'm like, will I be able to make songs then? Because <laughs> what am I going to make songs about? Like you and me, we have a picket fence and a dog, and we lived happily ever after. Yeah, basically, <laughs> one of my Yeah, no, but I know you and me are meant to be a different song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, not as exciting with, hey, we've been together forever. Yeah, I know. But we want, but I want to be with, <laughs> with you forever is more exciting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But that is like the uh, like when you when you're a songwriter, like you, you always like you almost like you try to like find heartbreak just to find more more things to write about. Yeah, because you do have to tap into something that maybe you would have I don't know uh, suppressed or you wouldn't <clears throat> think about it. Yeah. But now you actually get to like work <laughs> with those. So watch out for wins. <laughs> No, but it is very, I do find it extremely interesting that, uh, writing music can do that, but also the whole, the whole, like, um, like finding, just fi- like finding out something about yourself through music is super weird yeah. that that can happen. It's like you psychoanalyze yourself yeah. <laughs> without knowing it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I, um, and I actually, what I love about your music is how, um, unabashedly honest it is as well. And also you don't care. It's like this song is about, um, uh, 
a boy and this song's about a girl and this, this and this and that. And like, as someone who is bisexual and still experiences so much internalized biphobia and is so frustrated with lack of representation, like hearing you sing, um, about, um, like desiring everybody on, on equal footing was very nice. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. But it did scare me because uh, I haven't like I haven't defined myself, but also I'm really aware of that I don't wanna uh there's something called queer baiting. Yeah. I don't wanna do that. But when I was talking about uh like being surprised by uh, <laughs> my own songs, it was the songs I made about those girls because I didn't like realize like ah I felt this and what does it mean and I don't know what it means but I do know that sometimes I just feel a lot of love and lovey-dovey feelings and I might not know uh, what it is but it doesn't like matter who it is and yeah so I don't know I guess like I define myself through the music and not like I but when I'm talking and (laughs) walking I don't know like I don't know but I'm not yeah, but I am very open. And I yeah, I like that <laughs> I like I do I do feel like I've been I have like sometimes I feel like I have a thing for when it comes to girls that they have to be like these artsy artsy girls. And when it comes to boys, I need to up that game because so far it's it's not been like the cool guys. It's been, yeah, but, it's, but it, it, I feel like my girl taste is better than my yeah, boy taste. Most definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I, as, as I was saying, like I didn't, um, I haven't explored these feelings before I started in this band. Also, it has, of course, uh, a lot to do with the way I was raised. That uh, we never talked about love, and we definitely didn't talk about, uh, um, like love being for everyone. Um. So it is interesting, I think. I guess that's why I love making music because I feel like uh, it helps the, um, us evolve, I guess. Yeah, definitely. You you mentioned earlier in passing that you um, that it was a revelation for you to discover like super overtly political um, punk bands and like riot girl bands and queer core bands. Can you, can you remember, um, like sort of the incident where your first encounter with, um, with that was? Cause I, I remember mine very vividly. I went on a trip at school to the archives at NYU fails library, which was where Kathleen Hanna had donated all of her materials from the nineties, um, like the zines and stuff like that. Um, that was my first encounter with Riot Girl, but do you recall what yours was? Uh, I guess I, uh, when I moved to Oslo, at some point I moved into this uh, uh, collective, uh, and it was everyone who lived there were like either punk or a straight edge, uh, and everyone except me <laughs> were vegans. <laughs> but I had to respect the vegan rules, of course, when I was living there. And they actually listened to a lot of punk music, so I guess like. They introduced me uh, somehow, and I went to some punk shows with them as well. But it was definitely through the internet and like YouTube um, that I first saw. 
not sure if it was maybe a video with Kathy and Hannah and she's like standing there shouting girls to the front yeah. <laughs> and being unapologetically herself uh, and that's when I like uh, and I, um like fell in the not rabbit hole because that's what you say about conspiracy people, but I kind of like fell in dives in and um, found like Polly Styrene X from X-ray specs, which was mm. awesome. And that's uh, the first time I saw a woman of color in punk, which was also super yeah, cool. And it meant a lot because not all of the, even though I love the right girl movement, it, it's not like it's uh, the movement itself was uh, perfect or like totally open always as well. Uh, well, so, so seeing uh, role models with um, um, like a diverse background has also been important. Yeah. I think uh, representation is really, really important. Yeah. I'm trying to think more about like if I had like, a moment but I guess I just had a lot of moments because that year I think I, uh, that year was like really finding myself in a way like I was finding out that okay I can uh, call myself a Muslim for example uh, without like I don't have to be uh, the way these Muslims say I should be and I don't have to be how these other people who hate Muslims think I should be like I can be whatever I want to be and I can call myself that and I can live how I, I can like define it myself. So this was happening at the same time as I was like uh, finding all these cool women who are also being who they want to be. And like, if they wanted to be vulgar, they were vulgar because vulgar isn't a bad thing. <laughs> uh, so that gave me kind of like, ah, uh, you can just like the freedom in a way to be whatever yeah. did you see the show uh we are lady parts yes <laughs> we love that show we love it <laughs> i think i watched it in a day or something I, it's like the show we've been waiting for <laughs> yeah i i really love that show that was amazing we should have more shows like that yeah i absolutely loved it and it kind of reminded me of uh, because I also uh, read a book, um, which is, I guess it, it is something about punk Islam as well, but it, it was a fiction, fiction. So it, um, but it, the, the punk Islam movement started actually spreading from the book that was fiction, which is also quite interesting because that, that means a lot of young people were feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, what I really loved about uh, lady parts was, that um where they came from or what they believed in that was not the main part yeah that was not the point yeah. <laughs> the point was they were going to make a band <laughs> yeah but yeah. because there are so many shows that are when it is people of color in it it sometimes turns it's like into, the main focus part yeah of- it's like the main theme oh like <laughs> it could have been Look at these five Muslim women. Now we're going to like, yeah. How yeah. Is <laughs> then I felt like, oh, we are involving, like when it is about five girls playing in a band. And that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. But also, I like, I wish we had this show when we were younger because yeah. 
for sure I would have started started to make music earlier, or at least like I would have thought that I could earlier. I wouldn't have to wait all those years to find it out. Find out. Um, so I think it's yeah that show is. Um, I think it's really important, and I hope that we can get like more shows like that, and just like throughout, <laughs> like. It just we just need more diversity. <laughs> yeah. We can't yeah. keep on going like this. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, music spaces feel like always sort of feel like the slowest in the arts to catch up to representation and giving um, people um, of all diverse backgrounds space. But I don't know why music is always so slow to catch up, but um I don't know if you guys agree or not, but um I guess it is yeah. slow to catch up, but I uh, I also work in a arts production company and I I feel like the at least in Norway, I feel like the arts are also uh yeah. far behind and when it comes to representation of like who the people are in power, like the people in the leader uh, positions, they are like way behind. So, <laughs> yeah, but I think like it's almost in Norway, I would say it's not only the music industry, it's also this entire cultural field is it behind. It is also in films and TV and, yeah. and yeah, in the theaters. They tried to, um, at the uh, theater, they tried to have like uh, education. I, I actually applied at it. Like I do not act, but I I was forced to apply. Um, it's like called like multicultural, multicultural. Uh, it's like uh, at the at the theater you get the education there, the bachelor. Um, to like have more like my minority kids do theater because they never got cast in roles. Um, so. So they started that education. So it had, especially at that theater, it has helped a bit, but you still like, it's not, it's not good enough. Yeah. But it is developing. And I think people are starting to understand that it is, um, a good thing, not because, not only because it's like the right thing to do to have more diversity, but also that there's, um, like advantages that it, it actually like the, cultural product product just to be talk, talk like a cynical businessman now mm. <laughs> the product actually gets better <laughs> when you have different perspectives so because i think that is really important that uh, i don't want people to like feel sorry for everyone who is um, a minority in a way i i want them to understand like our strength and what we have uh, to bring to the table, the table. yeah mm. Like they can make money. <laughs> like <laughs> sometimes when I'm talking to super cynical people, I say like you can earn more money if you have more diversity. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's like money talks. <laughs> because I, I I just think it's important that they understand that um yeah that 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 we actually elevate the product. Yeah. <laughs> like there's more the music will be better if it's diverse. Yeah, definitely. Cause then it, cause if you don't have, um, various, um, people, um, really using art as a medium for creative output, then it gets stale. If you're only hearing, um, 
Like, I feel like people, do you know about the term or the phenomenon of rockism and poptimism? Like rockism is a kind of catch-all term for like um, people who are racist and also only about rock music. But <laughs> not heard of this term, but it sounds like what is pop poptism then? Poptimism is um, the whole is the counterpoint to rockism that pop is good, actually, and it is artistically valid. And um, there have been a lot of um, there's been a lot of um, uh, stuff in the discourse about um, how um, people who how hating pop music can also be inherently um have have some kinds of racist and sexist undertones like people who were like who devalue the um how monumental someone like Beyonce is to the culture and stuff like that um and also people who devalue pop music as like something that's not worthy of artistic praise or merit because not because just because not a lot of white men like it you know how something often can only become like culturally valid or cool once white men like it which is bullshit but it's a real thing and it really it's and it's really and it's really stupid but yeah like what you said just kind of reminded me of that But it also reminds me of like the discussion we've been having here because yeah. uh, uh, so we have, have like these music awards here and they just uh, recently removed one of the categories, mm. which was called urban. <laughs> and in urban, they would just put everything uh, which was like hip hop, uh, soul, rap. With, uh, like <laughs> everything yeah but uh, so it, urban has also been a word that has been used when the music comes from um yeah someone diverse but now they've stopped or now <laughs> they're stopping and they don't use it they, that they much. don't have they don't have that term in there yeah, they removed it from the musical awards so that was a good thing <laughs> that they finally removed that genre What was it like to um, put out uh, the album um, as your first sort of full-length body of work? Um, it came out in September, right? Yeah, this is actually the first album where I've been like a part of the entire process. <laughs> that I've like it's a huge. Like, it, this is like a highlight of my life. Like. I can say before before I die that I released at least one album. So it was really uh, huge. And also because we were a bit unsure if we were going to release it or if we should wait. Yeah. But it felt uh, somehow empowering to like, you know what? Fuck this. We're releasing it now. Like this, um, we don't like to talk about the pandemic pandemic but we have to mention it like this might not go over we cannot wait it <laughs> wait it out yeah. so we just uh, released it and it would and um, i don't regret it at all because it would have been weird to hold, yeah yeah hold on to it i feel i it feels like um it's nice that it's out there and it feels nice that we can move on to the next like next album 
but it's it's fun to have it physically like see it and go into the store and see like we went we went to a record store together just to look for it uh-huh. and that was, yeah, that was a big moment and we screamed wow. and, we and we put it like so everyone could see like like the first <laughs> album and it has been a lot of uh hard work so it, it does feel like um we were talking about the catharsis earlier but that in itself was also a catharsis like ah now it's finally out yeah that's yeah. it also like um i feel like uh, we had so many roadblocks in the way uh so also we were afraid that we didn't we wouldn't get the vinyls well as well because um all the vinyls uh like all over the world was delayed like by like a lot of time like like maybe you're gonna get it in a year like we don't know but we got it on time so that was also yeah nice <laughs> everything worked out yeah and it looks fantastic it looks at the vinyl looks amazing yeah it was designed by uh samra of Oh, I'm going to say the name wrong. I'm just going to say Samra. <laughs> that uh, she's uh, she also designed uh, uh, all of the singles yeah. we released mm. artwork. So and she's really really talented. Um, we love all the graphic design that she does, and she really captures our our vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After, you should. I was almost I was so engaged. I was going to start speaking Norwegian. I, I was saying, yeah, you should follow her on. Uh, uh, yeah. Instagram. How do you? The, yeah. What's her handle? Her handle is uh, Samrav. So it's like S A M R A A V. Ah, I found her. Great. Yeah. Amazing. Really cute uh, illustrations. Yeah, love her. Mm. Nice. Um, and. I also wanted to ask you guys, um, did you have any favorite um, album releases from 2021? Ooh, from 2021. Okay, yeah, we had the... Um, uh, so we're both huge fans of a band called Jai. Yeah. And they released the album. Yeah, they're from um, Japan. Called, the album's called Wink. Mm-hmm. So we've been really crushing on them. They also like they they um they also have like this pink vibe and I'm seriously jealous of their stage outfits. I just yes. like I want to steal the outfits. Yeah, I know. I also want their outfits, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that album was amazing. They have released some um, other albums uh, as well that we like, but this was um so their sound has been uh, I guess um or it has had like the punk attitude. And it is still, they still have the punk attitude in this album, but, but it's it is like more electronic. It's more smooth. And they also have yeah. like hip hop vibes. Yeah. Uh, or yes, it's more smooth and chill in a way. And we also love that they uh, have songs about food, which is, which it's symbolically not about food, but <laughs> it's but like chocolate chips. Uh, Nail Mail's new album also that came today. Valentine. Valentine. Oh yeah. I think that's really good. I like that album. And it's also just about love. Yeah. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Our favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I don't know if Alexandra Lanker. I'm not sure if I know who that is. That's the album. Alexander? No, wait, sorry. Adrian Lanker, you mean? Adrian Lanker, sorry. Uh, Yeah, Adrian Lanker. Uh, The songs album, but that came in 2020. But that album, I've been listening to it for like three weeks now on repeat. And it feels, it makes my heart tickle. I really love that album. Yeah, it's nice. You sent it to me um, <laughs> because I was like, when we were going to do this talk, I was like, Sarah, we have to think about music we've listened to. <laughs> I'm not sh- like, uh, and I always, uh, I don't always remember what, where, when the different albums are from. Then you sent me the songs album and yeah, it is very healing. Yeah, I've been kind of like mellow this January. So it's been like, it's it's good winter music. Yeah, we hate this month. Yeah. It feels like this January lasted for three months already. And I keep checking the calendar to see if the day passes, but it doesn't go really slowly. <laughs> yeah, days feel like entire weeks now. I'll just be like, oh my God, that was so long ago. What? Yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I, so I sent Sarah uh, a message. Uh, it was like Monday evening and I was like, I feel like this week has been so long and it's still just Monday. Like, it, I, I cannot wait this, for this month to be over. I miss the sun and, and warmth. Yeah. But I do have to say that this has also been a period where we've been listening to, um, a lot of old music, uh, as well. And I discovered one band that I want to share and it's called, uh, Hey Cowboy. Have you heard? Hey, Cowboy. Yes. They had released an album called Get In My Fanny Pack and Let's Go. Oh. And that is that is all I'm going to say. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be, they have, because uh, um, there's no secret that I love uh, songs that have, like, um, where the bass plays its role. And Mm -hmm. I feel that it does in um, Hey, Hey, Cowboy. And one more band. Nice as fuck. Have mm-hmm. you heard that? I've heard of them. Let's see. Nice as fuck. <laughs> uh-huh. Cool. What what are they what kind of uh, music do they make? What would you say categorize? Uh, I, I'm just that is also um a bass bass driven band. So it's a kind of um, minimalistic Nice. I don't know. Um, the minute, uh, the minute the bass gets, uh, <laughs> to be the main character, main character, the t- songs just turn sexy in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Speak in my language. I, I'm also a sucker for a good bass line. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And you said that you've also been getting into a lot of older music. What are some of um, your recent favorite older records that you've gotten into? Yeah, no, these were the older or older ones. Nice as fuck has an album uh, which is self-titled, and it is from um, 2016. But we also love the, the yes, other. Yeah. yeah, tell tell about <laughs> this <laughs> band. <laughs> it, uh, it's uh, like a band called ES ESG. Um, yes. Yeah, I love them. Go on, yeah. What's the album called? Come, come, uh, come with come us. Come away I with. 
come oh. away with ESG, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. We discovered, like, we discovered it because we were doing, like, a vinyl uh, set uh, at this um, uh, place where we were, like, spinning vinyls. So uh, I think that you came, like, you found yeah, him I think over I, yeah, I, that record. And since that, like, I, I listened to it today as actually when I was like walking to the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, uh, we have listened to it a lot on Spotify, but there was like a certain album that we wanted to play when we were DJing on this event. And it was, was it that, that yeah. one? Yeah. And I actually found it today. So I'm going to buy it. Well, I have already bought it. Oh, you I had, yeah. I had, to, they didn't have it. So I had to order it. Yeah. So now what is mine is yours. So it's ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is also, um, based, I would say bass driven. Like they, the bass is amazing yeah. and super catchy. Mm. Uh, and, and I love that they, they use rhythm sticks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And cowbell. Like yeah. Cowbells. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I guess it's like punk funk. Or something. Yeah, very funk. That was um the soundtrack to a lot of New York um dance clubs in the eighties for sure. Um very like no wave post punk sort of, but also, you know what, I recently did a deep dive on them and I found out that they um do you know that song, that one song they have, UFO with the warring guitar going that song has been sampled 543 times, according to the internet. Wow. Who knows how many other people have sampled it that haven't been documented, but they're basically like the most sampled group on the planet at this point. Um, wow. But yeah. yeah. I look forward to play that one next time we do a DJ set. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like that That kind of music is, you know, some some music is when you're, walking in the streets and you're listening to music uh, and then you just like feel cool yeah. feel like you are cool yeah <laughs> quite cool today <laughs> that ma- music makes you feel cool <laughs> and what's yeah definitely i definitely feel feel that because you just put something on and you just get into the groove and you're just like unstoppable yeah um and also fun fact about that song it was recorded to fill up the final like three minutes of the master tape so it was basically just filler initially and then oh. it just fully popped off like biggie sampled it tupac sampled it jadakiss sampled it like big daddy kane sampled it Ev- jay dilla sampled it Ev- like it was just like huge like and and it's it's just um, and I love their story too. Just like some sisters growing up in the Bronx, their mother bought them instruments to keep them off the streets and out of trouble, and um, then they became like staples, staples at all these clubs. And yeah, I just yeah. So I feel like everyone needs to get on board with ESG. I feel like they're a very underappreciated gem. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. And yeah, what? Go on. I was just saying, yeah, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sometimes I'm really uh, appreciate, like appreciative. Like I'm so glad that I heard this, or I'm so glad that I found this. And I, I keep like thinking, oh, there must be so much more music that is out there that is amazing that I still haven't found. Yeah. 
thank God for it, for the internet. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try my uh, my younger brother. He is doing this thing that he is listening to one album per week. Ooh. And so I'm trying to like join on that uh, to get into like, but I haven't been like, I, I, I get stuck because I feel like I need to, if I love something, I need to listen to it many times. So I, like, yeah. I can go forward. And also I, I do play a lot of vinyl when I'm home. So then I listen to like a full length album, but I think it's nice to appreciate to really get to know, um, get to know the artist by listening to their album. I think it's mm-hmm. and, and, in the way that they intended it to be. And also because I feel like I listen to a lot, like a playlist and stuff like that. So there's a lot of music that I listen to that I don't even know, like, who the artist is or like what I'm listening to because it's just it's just on my playlist uh but listening to a, a full-length album and really getting to know it and like and also like when you have it physically like looking at it and looking at the art and reading and I think yeah. it's an important way to listen to music I used to do it a lot before uh, but somehow like you kind of forget yeah so that's my New Year's resolution to like continue listening to a full length albums and, and deep diving a bit more. Yeah, definitely. You know, what's really interesting too is I love watching a lot of documentaries because I always find stuff that I had no idea existed when I watch a documentary. Like I recently, I decided just, um, as, as a bit of a joke to watch the BBC, um, retrospective documentary on Prague rock. And I, they played so many like interesting, like progenitor songs that I had no idea I had been hearing covers of my entire life. So like, in, so like right, whiter shade of pale by Prokel Haram. I had only heard Le- Annie Lennox's cover of that song my entire life. And I had no idea it wasn't an Annie Lennox song, <laughs> but it's really interesting. Like just to, when you do deep dives, like listening to a full album and like discovering and these major discoveries just feeling huge. Mm. Yeah. I think it's important. And it's, it's, and it's a fun way to listen to music as well. I used to uh, work at um, a record store when I was uh, like a teenager and I used all my money uh, buying records or like buying CDs. Uh, and I always like, um, I had to take the subway to get home and it, it was like a full length album to take. To, so I got to listen to the like, this month, listen to a full, uh, full album. Um but it's so fun to like look at the records I bought when I was uh, like young, and I'm like, ah, oh, I did have a I, like I learned from 17 years old me. I learned <laughs> like what I listened to, and there's a lot of good, lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I, I recently was do was looking through um some of um the music that was kind of my gateway into um doing like more um deep dives when I was like a budding music geek um and I was just talking to one of my friends about this but we were both sort of both of our gateway records were sort of in the 
early 2000s to 2010s indie hipster realm. So for her, it was like more of the synth wave and electronic um, sort of um, Tame Impala or MGMT and stuff like that. And um, and a lot of the um, bands who dressed like hippies. And um, mine was like, I was really into a lot of the more street tough, like um, bands in, in garage rock um, revival circles, like the Strokes and Interpol and like, um, and also fun, fun little tidbit. Um, I was basically like during lockdown um, and during COVID when no one was allowed outside the, I found myself revisiting so many strokes records. Um, and that was like one of the few things that centered me during lockdown. And especially like last year during Christmas and this pat and, and at the end of this past December, 2021, I got to interview Gordon Raphael who produced the strokes first two albums and that was such a full circle moment for me. I was just like, check, bucket list, <laughs> life made. I don't have to do anything else. Like it was, it was really cool. But yeah, I just, it's really interesting when you go back sort of in time and listen to music that you loved when you were younger and you just grow to appreciate it even more and you're not embarrassed by it. Like I always find that really interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's very, I feel like, and also, um, when you listen to music when you're a teenager, you, you like feel so much. You have so many feelings. Yeah. And uh, I think you feel more when you're, <laughs> you're younger. And, and what's, but because I also like, um, uh, been going back to things I used to listen to when I was like a teenager. Uh, and what's funny is that I get the same feeling. Uh, that I had when I listened to it, uh, back then. And I can like almost like I used to read Harry Potter, uh, while listening to a band. And like when I listen to the album now, I can remember almost where I was in the book when I yeah. listened to the album. Or I can remember, uh, like how I felt when I was like 15 and, <laughs> Uh, so it's it's fun to yeah go back and like almost like you can feel the smells yeah <laughs> or everything that you experience yeah what what were what were some of those bands for you guys I'm curious I I, I used to listen to a lot of yeah um, like I did uh, listen to like the Strokes and um, uh, White Stripes uh, but also um, there was this band. Uh, I used to, I love, uh, clap your hands and say yay. Uh, and, uh, death from above 1979, which is like more, it's very, I don't know, yeah, <laughs> prog kind of like rock. Um, but I, I love the attitude in it. Um, I don't know. I listen to a lot of things. I also like, like hip hop <laughs> from the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> Tribe Called Quest, and, you know that guy. Yeah. It, 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 um, I 
I like always listen to very quite like diverse music. Like I don't have like I don't I never like just listen to indie music yeah. or like rock music. I listen to everything because I I just love music that much. Yeah, hmm. I also really loved uh, the Strokes. And clap your hands <laughs> and say yeah. And but the music I've been going to is actually like nineties R and B stuff. Uh, you know that song um, Eve's Satisfaction. Yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have been going uh, back to that, but also uh, now I've been going back to. Uh, uh, but this artist, I always go come back to. It's Frank Ocean. Yeah, <laughs> I love Frank Ocean. <laughs> Did you see the? Are you going to ask me the same thing about the YouTube um, release thingy? Oh no! Tell me about that. Okay, so Frank Ocean uh, released a thing on YouTube where it's it's like a jam. So it and it has like the iPhone sound quality. Uh, and it's um, uh, not jam, but when you're improvising, and it's amazing. I'm going to send you the link afterwards. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> please do. But Pat, oh, you, you, um, the other day, Cat Power released an album of covers. This is like her third installment of um, cover uh, of cover albums that she's released, and it opens with a cover of Frank Ocean's "Bad Religion." And it's so cool. Like there's, it's the complete total opposite end of the spectrum. There's no organ solos, no like over dramatized stuff. It's like a swinging percussive, like rhythm, like lounge piano. And it's sung in a totally different key. Like she rendered bad religion, just unrecognizable. And I was like, how is this the same song? Like it was so cool. I feel like Cat Power's always like sort of had a knack for um really drawing out unheard themes and nuances of a, of songs that she covers. But I heard that and I was just like, you know, when you hear something, it it just blows your mind like so much that you can't stop listening to it. I, yeah. I like I listened to that yesterday and I was just mystified. But so, so Frank, but Frank Ocean's like finally sort of active now again, releasing stuff on YouTube. This is actually what I like about Frank Ocean that he just does, uh, he, he, he just <laughs> does what he wants to do and when yeah. he wants to do it. And he's, uh, he doesn't want to be imprisoned by the whole music industry pressure management record yeah. <laughs> deal stuff. So and he can so, just yeah. suddenly release stuff like that. And we don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, he just, re- it suddenly was out there. But yeah. Please, please come, come He's just me. like, here you go. He, now deuces. <laughs> See you in five years. I almost saw, almost saw Frank Ocean live oh at a festival. Uh, but uh, he, yeah. And I, I, um, I feel like I'm too old to be that, you know, the people who stand in the, front like the, <laughs> yeah. but I was at the front <laughs> uh, uh, with a friend who had given me a gift which was a Frank Ocean um, bandana <laughs> which yeah, it was like white uh, and red striped it was if you know you know <laughs> yeah and uh, I wasn't wearing it as a bandana I was just <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture you wearing a bandana yeah no but it, uh, and um 
Yeah, so uh, he came out and he played one song and then the second, it was like one and a half song and he went uh, off the stage. And even then I was like, well, at least I got to see one and a half song. At least I was in the presence of (laughs) our Lord and Savior, Frank Ocean. Yeah. (laughs) And like you said, like the fact that he just doesn't care at all and he just like puts out he just does whatever he feels. And I feel so grateful that we're living in a day and age where Frank Ocean has like enough clout and enough sway to get away with what he does. I'm just like, like, it doesn't even disappoint me. Like what, what, when, when we don't see much of him, I'm just like, yeah, good for you, Frank Ocean. (laughs) Like You deserve to disappear whenever you want to, but yeah. Yeah. And then we're all just like super appreciative when yeah, some, but, something yes. like give yes, it to exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And um, also, I um, wanted to ask another fun question. Um, so there's a house fire and you can only save one record in your collection. What album do you go with? Um. Wow, <laughs> I'm looking Your at my. I'm looking at the. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think mean, actually, since I just bought the, yeah. just got the ESG yeah, uh, well. vinyl, which I worked really hard to get, I think I would say that one. I'm, I'm trying to think because. But I just want to say in your, in Sarah's defense, it, I don't have a huge vinyl collection. I have like, I just started collecting. I have like five, <laughs> but you have so many. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot. But, but the, the thing that my first thought is that it's just things. Things <laughs> 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 can be replaced. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to think like which vinyl has more like, uh, like, affection affection yeah. value yeah like i i think maybe um i would um uh what album there was this Eureka Badu um album that my husband got me like yeah, the first, uh first present that i ever got from him uh and uh but i just bought bought the same album in berlin so i have two of it but what about the album that you played in um, when we did that you got from your uncle or from your dad or something Ooh, um yeah um uh, she's a south african um artist uh, miriam um i'm so bad in name. I love that we're taking this so seriously. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen, and I need to help my friend. But what about that album? You have to save that one. <laughs> Miriam Makeba, I, I got this uh, vinyl that it's not like the the biggest, like the the her like hit album, but uh, it's really cool. I grew up listening to her, so and I was really glad when I found that album. Yeah. Nice. I um also inherited a lot of like my vinyl collection from uh, my parents um, because 
Um, I remember they were sitting in all these like, like six milk crates where all, all my dad's old vinyl was just sitting in our basement. And I remember, um, organizing the ones I wanted to keep and give away because my dad didn't have any use for them anymore. He didn't care. But there was a copy of, uh, Marky Moon by television in there. And that somehow ended up in the giveaway pile. I was young, stupid, and naive. I had no idea that would have been one that I would want to salvage. But yeah, I still like am so mad that I couldn't, that I didn't keep that. But yeah. So my mom uh, grew up quite like Christian conservative um, in the like west coast of Norway, and um, um, it was like a period of time where like. Um, they were at, uh, I don't know why, but yeah, she, they burned all their vinyls. Um, oh my God. Because it was like, um, it was very like, or like, I don't know, pietistic. Uh, pietistic it, like it was know. very, very conservative. So like, uh, the devil lived in the music. So, um, so my mom like told me like, yeah, I had this vinyl and I had to burn it, uh, because like, uh, it was, it was like a sin. And I asked her, like, what vinyl was it? Like, what was it that you burned? <laughs> and it was Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I was like, you burned a Barbara Streisand vinyl because it was yeah. like, Evil was living in it? <laughs> this, like, reminds me of the 50s when, like, um, Elvis, like, was on TV and shaking his hips and everyone just was like, it caused mass hysteria and these fire and brimstone creatures were like rock and roll is the is the way that the devil is going to corrupt our youth (laughs) (laughs) but it's just i think it's so funny because like at least like if she had something that was a bit more like edge to it or like like the barbara streisand like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so funny and so yeah um, but I think, um, I will let you guys go, but if, if is there anything else that you would like to plug? Um, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, just listen to our album. We, uh, it disappeared from Spotify actually for a few days yeah. and our hearts stopped. We thought I like, panic. It's, like, gone. it's gone, but now it's back. So it's like... <laughs> It's back. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I was, I, I, yeah, I tried to like listen to the album the other day and I went to Spotify and I was like, where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was good thing. The album's gone. <laughs> but no, yeah, but thank you so I, much for having us and uh, it was really nice to talk. Yeah. yeah. Likewise. And I love that we're in different parts of the world, but we're in the same room in a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The magic of technology. Yeah. Love it. And, yeah. And also massive shout out, um, to Kennedy Quill from KEXP because, um, they're a friend of mine and that was how I discovered you guys because Kennedy played one of your songs. So shout out to Kennedy. We love you, Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thanks again so much and have a great rest of your weekend and enjoy Berlin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Peace. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Izzy and a big thank you to Filthy Burger Girl for joining me today. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. 
My blog is izzyshutup.com. My Instagram page is at a girl's two sound sense, and my Twitter is at misanthropei. Make sure to check out my Patreon. I would be so grateful, and you will also be acknowledged in my YouTube videos as a thank you. Thank you once again for listening, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.